0: Come one, come all. This is Illiterate. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read a book this week. I watched a movie. This week we're doing The Peanut Butter Falcon, also Huckleberry Finn. Mm hmm. Let's get into it. Peanut Butter Falcon was directed by Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz. Uh, it was released August 9th. And Evan has and his I finger on the pulse. I just saw it this week. I saw it with a packed crowd. I saw it with a packed crowd on a Tuesday. I think there was a uh, a retirement home on a on a field trip. <laughs> so I
1: think that's where I was. Uh, which I was just, I was elated. <laughs> but Evan um, thinks this one's going to be big this year.
0: I do. I think come the fall, this we're, we're going to see some some cool nominations for this. I don't know about Oscars per se, but I'm definitely watching SAG and Golden Globes. The big talk of the town is Zach Godsagan. Uh He is a Down syndrome young man. Uh, he's 34 years old, and he's the star of Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, this is kind of a reappropriation of Huckleberry Finn. Uh, is where which, I come which into is, the yeah, picture. exactly, exactly there's a lot of talk about it right now but I think this is just going to keep getting bigger I think this is going to resurge as nominations come up in the fall and we just wanted to share it with you and talk about how Huckleberry Finn has kind of permeated the uh, American pop culture because you landscape. certainly have
1: read it in 7th grade or ninth grade or something and have forgotten everything or wonder why it's still controversial exactly and why a movie that's potentially going to win a bunch of awards is based off of it exactly and and how
0: how, the, how those things have helped us tell stories and how we don't keep telling this exact same story,
1: how we can keep changing these these formulas as we go along. But yeah. So just to get us started, Ernest Hemingway, who we all know and love, Mm. said all modern American literature proceeded from one book, Huckleberry Finn. And so the question is why? We'll get into that in a second. But what is Peanut Butter Falcon for those who don't know? Peanut Butter Falcon is
0: the story of a Down syndrome young man who breaks out of a retirement home. He's held by the state in a retirement home. He breaks out to go and find his childhood star, the saltwater redneck wrestler. He wants to become a big famous wrestler like the saltwater redneck. So he escapes and he runs into Shia LaBeouf's character, a fisherman who's kind of gotten into a little bit of trouble, is kind of on the run. So they become these like brothers on the run together. Meanwhile, the Zach gutsigan character has a nurse. Who is trying to find him, and hilarity ensues. Hilarity <laughs> ensues. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I, it, it's the feel-good movie of the summer, man. This it's so positive. It's so joyous. I I cried by the end of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was I was just elated. It was beautiful. I mean, it made me. It, it just I felt nurturing. Uh, the performance from
1: Zach Godsingh is is just beautiful. And this is in the South in the U.S., correct? Yes, it's set in
0: North Carolina. They shot it in Georgia. Gotcha.
1: It really evokes that place uh, and time. But Um, without being patronizing to that place, because I imagine there could be a lot of stories... Nowadays, oh. about rednecks or right. about. Right. No, white no, trash, it's not. You yeah, know, no. Right?
0: It, I think it, if anybody's seen the movie Mud, I think it very accurately portrays these types of areas in a love letter, but also it, it shows the beautiful sides of these places and the, and the dark sides of these places.
1: Well, wonderful. Peanut. Why is
0: it called Peanut Butter Falcon? That becomes Zach's uh, wrestling name, his alter ego. Mm-hmm. There's a whole scene dedicated to the genesis of this name because there he's the Shia LaBeouf character kind of becomes his trainer. They're traveling from, from North Carolina. They're traveling a distance down off of the outer banks to try and, uh, they get him boat? to this. They're back and forth. They're walking a lot and they, they end up, uh, meeting somebody that helps them fashion a raft.
1: Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
0: The Shia LaBeouf character was kind of rigging some, tr- uh, stealing from, uh, some crab traps. And the guys that own that traps are coming after him basically. And, uh, They end up burning down that raft and puts them back on foot. So they
1: kind of go back and forth uh, with it. Eventually, they do get a car. Um, Well, it sounds very similar to the setting for Huckleberry Finn, Mm. which people might know takes place on a raft going down the Mississippi. As far as why Ernest Hemingway would say this is the first truly American novel, because of course, there had been novels written beforehand, the big three things that most people go into from a literary sense, and then we'll get into the content of the plot, Mm. is the language Very first one where it's written how 19th century Americans spoke in the vernacular. They didn't want to sound like a hoity-toity, high-minded Charles Dickens kind of from the British sensibilities or whatever sensibilities you might have gotten in these other novels. He was just writing it how people spoke. There are also seven different dialects. And I remember this from middle school when we read it. It's very hard to read because the way that the dialogue is written is written as you would say it with the accent. Oh, wow. So like with... For Jim, the slave's character is W-I-D, and that's how you say with. And so it's all written like that. It's also narrated from Huckleberry Finn's character, who is a semi-literate, vagabond, derelict child. So a lot of his description is in, I mean, it all is in the vernacular. Mm -hmm. So that element of it identifies mostly as this is what America was like at this time. This is in the heart of America, an American novel. And then the second thing, so it takes place in the Mississippi River, going down the Mississippi Mm -hmm. River from Illinois, I believe, down to Louisiana. And all of that at that point in the 1840s where this was set is as far west as most people went. Like That was considered the near west. And it was also removed from the big cities that had more colonial influence on the coast, like New York and Philadelphia and well, Philadelphia's not on the coast, but you know what I mean? Like right. the cities where that history was still entrenched in colonial America. As If you went into Missouri, that was just strictly Americans, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Ain't nothing to it. And then the third thing is kind of what they would call, which is very similar to Peanut Butter Falcon, a picaresque novel, which mm. just means a novel of the road. Mm-hmm. And so there's a point A and a point B, and you're getting from here to there, and that's what the story follows. But in between is very episodic, and that's kind of what I got tired of because I'm dumb in middle school about it. It's just like, it doesn't seem like these elements connect. Right. It's just a series of episodes of things that happen on their way down the river. Right. But in the larger scheme, it's covering Huckleberry Finn's maturation from being ignorant to being cultured and understanding. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it seems like... These things are just happening one after another. But basically Huck Finn, derelict vagabond kid, his dad's a drunk. He is taken in by this widow Douglas and Miss Watson. Tom Sawyer is this kid who is he's civilized is what he says because he he can read and he knows stuff and he's in a home, you know, and Huckleberry Finn is just this kid who lives in a shack with his dad who right. just goes missing and drinks and steals and all that. Right. So, Tom wants him to go on these adventures. They had been in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. They had gotten a bunch of money from finding this you know, secret den of whatever burglars that had stowed away their money. So now he has some money, but Huckleberry Finn's dad is like, I want that money. So he abducts him, takes him to his shack, So Huckleberry Finn fakes his death, escapes, and this is where he meets Jim, who is the slave, Mm -hmm. who was the slave that Miss Watson owned. Mm. And so Jim has also escaped from that situation. So we kind of see a parallel there between them. And then they, I wouldn't say hilarity ensues, like in Peanut Butter Falcon, but a series of episodes ensue. They see a dead man in a floating house who we later find out was Huckleberry Finn's dad. Jim protects him from it. It's like, don't look at his face. It's messed up. He encounters these two... Feuding families in the South. I have to say, I've forgotten all of this. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I, we've
0: definitely covered this in some sort of class in middle yeah. school. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, I don't know what I was doing, man. I didn't, none of this is hardly ringing a bell, like the elements of it. But uh, like. Well, yeah. we'll get into the censorship and how people have not wanted it to be taught in class for various mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. But he, he encounters these other people that say that they're a duke and a king and they're a bunch of con men, which is Mark Twain speaking to royalty and again society and how they pretend to be these noble creatures when yeah. actually they're a bunch yeah. of shucksters so they get in, involved in a bunch of confidence games because they get in trouble with the town that they're duping sell jim to a family uh and so now huckleberry because this whole time huckleberry finn's like i i want to be civilized all he knows is civilized society which is allowing slaves yeah so he is concerned if i stay with jim i'm gonna go to hell because that's what miss watson has told me so this is the conflict that he has he he is entrenched in what the civilized society is which is having slaves duty honor all you know the old school stuff and him who is a derelict vagabond character well it just makes me think of uh blue eyes from (laughs) uh
0: tony morrison just the idea behind that book it's hard just
1: yeah it's like this kid who's having it's to reckon like with, with the street smarts of it all. What's he supposed to do? So he decides, well, I'm going to get Jim out of there, which is the the kind of turn at the end of the book at the Phelps farm. And he pretends to be this nephew of theirs mm. who is coming to visit. Turns out the actual nephew who's coming to visit is Tom Sawyer. The- And so then Tom comes, Tom pretends to be this other kid who's a part of the family since Hawk has to remain pretending (laughs) to be Tom. They, so this is, we'll get into the ending at the very end here and how that ties into Peanut Butter Falcon, but through a series of things with Tom Sawyer, Jim ends up becoming free Mm -hmm. and Huckleberry Finn Mm -hmm. decides, I don't want to be a part of civilized society. I'm going to go out West and that's how it ends. Uh Uh And so we'll get into that at the end, but that's kind of the through line. So I don't know if that rang any bells for Peanut Butter Falcon or it's just the same kind of picaresque, like a yeah, trip on the exactly. road, two characters who are misfits. Exactly. They're both yeah. they're both outcasts. They're both
0: have kind of been forgotten by their families and have had to make families out of the people that have been around them just based on the context. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing with the Zack character is that the state really has no regard for him. That becomes kind of a, an early uh, thing. Um, so the, he's been relegated to... Yeah, put him in this retirement home and forget about it. And uh, his whole mission is that he's got to make it down to this training camp in South Carolina for this old wrestling star that he's seen on VHS tapes. And so when he meets the Shia LaBeouf character, the Shia LaBeouf character is on the run and he's trying to get to Florida. So they're traveling down south the coast. Mm-hmm they kind of end up on the same boat all at the same moment. The Zach mm-hmm. character has escaped and he's like naked and like greased up because he mm-hmm. like squeezed through the bars of, of the thing. And, the, and Bruce Stern plays his roommate at the retirement home. Uh, so, Bruce Stern helps him like take like wet sheets mm-hmm. and squeeze the bars and like lube him up and mm-hmm. squeeze. So, now there's just a naked man <laughs> running around lubed up. And so, it's the next morning and he he makes his way down to a dock. And he's just looking for cover. So, he gets in a boat, just like gets under the sheets. Well, this is the exact same moment that Shia LaBeouf's whole kind of his job. He's just lost his job because they realize he's been stealing the catch. And so, he makes a split-second decision to like get back at the people uh, that he stole from for for some reason. And he ends up burning some of their equipment. And in this moment... Jumps in the boat that Zach is in, and it spurs a chase. But this is the exact moment where he finds Zach under mm-hmm. the covers, lubed up, and I think he's actually throwing up mm-hmm. because of all of the motion sickness, just being mm-hmm. on the boat and doing this whole thing. And so he's he's he finds him throwing up mm-hmm. <laughs> while they have to be totally silent,
1: or they're going to be found out. Um, it's interesting what you're bringing up as far as their meeting and then following through with them working together. So in Huckleberry Finn, Huckleberry is on, or Huck, is on this island, and that's where he's escaped to. And then Jim is there, and that's how they meet up. And it's like, oh, Mm. we're uh, we're here together on this island. Huckleberry Finn tries to see what's going on in town, realizes that what Jim's plan is, is he's like, I'm going to go and get my freedom, and then go get the rest of my family, since I'll be a free man. So... A big turning point that people say in the novel is when people are coming for them and Huck's like, we got to go, they're after us. And the "us" is the critical phrase because it's like clearly they're not after you, Huckleberry. They don't even know right. who you are or that you're here. Right. But he identifies with them and their plight together. That
0: that exact thing happens. I don't know. If maybe it happens in the exact moment, but in maybe a, a ten-minute segment, mm-hmm. you get it clicking with both characters that they're both running from different parties. That now this train is one mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely get that moment, and that and it happens in a beautiful. There's kind of two moments where this happens, where the Zach character is, like, realizing that I have a buddy on the run, you know? (laughs) uh, And just because of the the beauty of this performance, like, that is just one of the most elating moments of Mm -hmm. just, like... It's oddly breaking the fourth wall because it's such a movie moment in a way. You, you're like, you, it's, it's he is living it as well, Of just like a, we're buddies on the run. And the, and, 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 the, and, and the audience comes in with that as well. I mean, everybody feels
1: it. And it just feels like this kickstart for the second act, basically. Yeah. And, n- and now that has become largely in part because of this novel a trope of like it's two characters out together yeah. towards the same objective for Huckleberry Finn at least as far as some of the controversy that has come about mm-hmm. and the big thing is censorship which has changed the reasoning behind the censorship over mm-hmm. time as culture changes and then the issue of race and slavery you know the the book came out in 1884 but it's set in the 1840s mm-hmm. which is before the civil war mm-hmm. but he wrote it during the reconstruction time after the civil war so this has over 120 years of conflict from from the beginning when it came out the initial problem that people had was its crudeness because a lot of people thought that the original Tom Sawyer thing, this was popular at the time, these boys' books of adventures and pirates right. and you mm-hmm. know that kind of thing. This is not one of those books mm-hmm. by any means. And so they were saying it's like, this is not appropriate. This is – who is the main character? This lawless boy who doesn't follow the status quo, doesn't have parents, witnesses a ton of horrifying things. There's over 20 deaths in Huckleberry Finn, he sees this drunk oh person just get shot in the street. He sees these families murder each other that are having a feud. Oh, wow. You know, it's just, they almost die multiple times because people are just after them and grossly attacking them. The yeah. steamboat clearly sees them in the middle of the... River at night goes after them. They have to jump off, and that's how they get separated for a portion. That actually
0: kind of happens. Mm. They're trying to cross a river, and the Shia LaBeouf character is pulling Zach in tow. The LaBeouf character is getting to shore, but that only puts Zach right in the middle of the river, and at which
1: a huge,
0: a massive shrimping
1: boat mm-hmm. is coming directly at them. So that yeah, I think that's and the a shrimping boat there. and the the steamboat at this time also was in completely disregard. It was like they're aiming for us, <laughs> you know. And right. then when And and then when they went through us, just went full steam ahead. It was like they knew what they were doing, but there was a disregard for the people on the rafts. But as far as what people were up in arms against, because the N-word was still being used and there was still just because, you know, the Emancipation Mm -hmm. Proclamation came about doesn't mean that everybody changed their minds. Right. That was less of the issue as opposed to what it's doing to the youth mm-hmm. at that time. And there, I saw it saying Hucks having not only itched, but scratched, which was considered obscene. So just even the way that Huck's describing things that he's doing, he's like, I scratched myself as opposed to I itched myself. And that was considered vulgar. Uh, oh, wow. At the time. Little oh. silly things like that. I found this quote by Mark Twain where he said, I am greatly troubled by what you say. I wrote Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn for adults exclusively, and it always distressed me when I find out that boys and girls have been allowed to access them. Hmm. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. Well, then he makes a joke about it. The mind that becomes soiled in youth can never again be washed clean. I know from my own experience, and to this day I cherish an unappeased bitterness against the guardians of my young life who not only permitted but compelled me to read an unexpurgated Bible though before I was 15 years old. Wow. (laughs) It's just as a joke of being like, I can't believe they let me read this when I was little. Right. You know, and he said, apparently the Concord Library has condemned Huck as trash and only suitable for the slums. This will sell us another 25,000 copies for sure. Oh my God. But then as time progressed, the controversy that came around was more so with race. The use of the N-word, the portrayal of Mm. blacks, especially Mm -hmm. Jim, the irony and ambiguity being lost on young readers and the Mm -hmm. satire and parody that comes about from that not being able to be understood or having to be taught very appropriately and then even people that are critical of it it's like you're adults exactly are you aware of, of some of the stuff he's trying to do or is he actually Mark Twain a racist person not understanding what's going on right and then the potential for worse race relations because there's a lot of controversy of doing this in schools the n-word appears over 200 times in the book wow if you have yeah, to read yeah. it aloud or like reading the dialogue in the vernacular in a dialect is that going to be offensive to people in the classroom how do you address this right appropriately to 14-year-olds. I remember it being weird. I remember we skipped over the N-words right. when we were in class. Yeah. You know, as far as like the portrayal of black characters. I know we talked about Toni Morrison last week, and she had said that she was not into this book. It, it sort of affected her greatly as a kid, mm-hmm. but I'll post a link. I found an essay from her that was called In Defense of Huckleberry Finn," mm. and so she was basically saying how, yes- they're portrayed as caricatures and like a minstrel show and you know Jim is seen as as the, like the classic tropes of like the wise old man who's just bumbling along and doesn't really know what's going on and you know yeah, that kind of thing. And just has a heart of gold. But you know, just like no nuance to that. And she yeah. was saying but that, that is not in so many words. I mean, it's an essay. So I'm not I'm not gonna say yeah. exactly. Yeah. But the the idea for, that I got from it was like, look beyond that. Yes, we know that that's the case. That's what happened in this story. That's right. what happened in this time of writing. We can argue about that to death. But what is this saying about Huck Finn's character, right. who now at the ending his point is of left alone? Written and written by him... Mark
0: Twain. Mark yeah. Twain's a, a human being with a limited point of view like us all. It's interesting. And, and, and thank God, Tony Morrison makes that distinction of like, look, how he writes about black people and black culture might not be totally great, totally authentic, mm-hmm. but that's not what he's writing about. Right. What is he writing about and what of that is useful and what of that do we need to pay attention
1: to? What What about that is the point here? Are we missing the point? Yeah, that he was a conflicted man whose parents had slaves right. and he was in the civil war for two weeks and was like, I can't do this. And right. Fled west and then is writing about these things and and saying that this isn't for kids and trying to understand what it's like. Right. And now that Huckleberry Finn has gotten out of this situation, he's saying, I have to go west because I've tried to be in civilized society. That ain't for me. Yeah. Like he, as as a kid, is conflicted about, well, if the civilized people are doing this, <laughs> and now I can't have Jim anymore, who apparently I was uncivilized with, I've just got to go somewhere else. Yeah. And isn't that speak to the American go west, experience yeah. and potential of just like, oh, we can't fix this problem. Maybe if we go somewhere else, the problem won't show up again. Or I can make my own way without this problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's fascinating. Yeah, And
0: it's fascinating how that whole conversation has been reappropriated and exchanged in Peanut Butter Falcon for disability mm. um, uh, through and through. I mean, it became, they put it right out there, that retard, and that strikes a reaction as soon as you hear it. Uh, and they put that full front. And I haven't center. heard that in yeah. Real exactly. I mean, I remember saying it in middle school. I can't hardly utter it. What you just heard, like it, sh- yeah. sh- sh- it's like shivers down my spine. I hate it. And so the moment it's it's entered into this film, he's front and center. Zach is front and center. So there's no. You don't get to hide away. For, you don't get to not feel that. Mm-hmm. And so because it is forced in front of you, you are forced to feel that with him. Mm-hmm. I, I, it makes its point really, really clear, really fast, um, and I thought it to be a beautiful exchange. It was like, oh, we. There might be issues with the 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 race element of Huckleberry Finn, but the literary format, the 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 structure here, and the idea behind these characters, and and the way we can learn to love and and learn to move away from think all of that, I think, has been beautifully transported and comported into Peanut Butter Falcon. I mean, mm. it's it's it's. It's really, really gorgeous.
1: What the uh, the Zach character can, and Evan and has meant I like to have story. Yeah, we like to have a positive, optimistic view of literature and give people the benefit of the doubt, or at least try and see things from their perspective. So you might have personal critique and criticism of, and that that's the thing. This has been argued about. This is why it was controversial since it right. came out, because Huckleberry Finn has been said, no, it's racist. It should never be talked about. It should never be dealt with. It's a disaster. And other people are like. No, it's wonderful. It's literature. It's saying something. It has points. It's doing it in a certain way that is different from what your came response. Out the time. Actually, that
0: yeah. re- the response might be the point. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me in, in that um, is like, well, what was he trying to do? What was the intent?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, and. And shouldn't that be how we judge these things? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you were more saying, often than yeah. not.
1: You were saying the intent of Peanut Butter Falcon is the feel-good movie of the summer.
0: I definitely think so. Yeah. I mean, and and...
1: It's a feel-good movie of the summer, but I think the
0: intent really here is to put somebody uh, uh, somebody with a disability like this full front and center and give them the vehicle to be a, a movie star just like anybody else. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the way this movie even came about is just, I just love the story of it here. The directors were counselors at a disability camp, I think, in Vermont. And that is where they met Zach. And so Zach uh, has been doing improv and, and scenes and he's done video projects. You know, he's, he's been doing this for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until these guys met him and, and talked with him. He's like, oh, you want to be a movie star? They were then confronted with, well, we love Zach and we want the best for Zach and he can do this stuff. But that opportunity isn't really realistic. And how sad is that? So they sat back with that and decided to create. The opportunity. They wrote the the Peanut Butter Falcon script specifically for Zach, around Zach, with Zach, Mm -hmm. uh, and then shot a proof of concept film, a five minute little teaser, uh, just to showcase the a little bit of the story and Zach through and through that Zach was capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that there was a story here, and that alone got Shia LaBeouf on board, and then everybody else followed Dakota Johnson, Bruce Stern, all the financing, and it just fell into place. And the place. story
1: itself is even a representation of real life, of him.
0: Exactly. They exchanged him wanting to be an actor in real life for just wanting to be a wrestler, to be a somebody, to be to be like the people we see on TV all the time. You know, he, he, yeah. The idea of heroes, who can be a hero, that's very, very prevalent in this film. And the idea that Zach learning that he is a hero, and that Mm -hmm. his disability doesn't come into that conversation about who you are and the role you play in this world, Mm -hmm. Uh, that his disability has really, like, it just certainly doesn't have a negative place in that conversation. And that's really being illustrated here.
1: Mm -hmm. we've said it a 1000 times before, but that taking things from real life, and your own life experience and imbuing your work with that is what makes it good. Exactly is what makes it meaningful. I've injected life, yeah. real life into this thing yeah. through and through and you and you feel it, man. Mark Twain has, you know, he has said a bunch of times that a lot of his stuff is up for debate whether it's fact or fiction and anybody attempting to find a moral will be shot and all that stuff like that. You know, he jokes about it, but I did find that he said that the Huckleberry Finn character is based on a real-life kid, Tom Blankenship, that he grew up with in Hannibal, Missouri, and he was this kid whose father was a drunk and he was all over the place and street smart and had such an awareness of what was going on and said he had, you know, both the best and the worst life at the same time. Mm -hmm. And just how Mark Twain's life... He had certainly taken elements from that. He, I'm, like they said, when he was in the Civil War, he wanted to dip out after two weeks. Right. And so he did and moved to Nevada. And that's where he stayed. Wow. And then at age 21, he became a riverboat captain up and down the Mississippi. So he knows <laughs> that world and that place. And, yeah. And also then became a writer and lived in New York and lived in New England and got all of that world to understand how people think now after, you know, the Civil War. And what's happened and i i how many know lives that, do you yeah. get to
0: live in a lifetime it's a, it's fascinating yeah to me. i mean i love i mean it, it should be awe-inspiring it's like and that's just and so a he put all of, of that life. in there yeah.
1: yeah how did you feel about the ending because like we said the intent was for it to be feel mm-hmm. good to go from point A to point b i know that in huckleberry finn and we mentioned this earlier that the ending is a bit contentious mm-hmm. how was that as far well, as so we're
0: not going to quite spoil the ending here of Peanut Butter's Falcon, but uh, but just to give some some hints about where it's going and relating to uh, the Huckleberry Finn end- ending, mm-hmm. you have the, the the eventual journey. You know, you have the end place. The the Zach character was trying to get to his wrestling camp, and then the Shylo Buff character was going to drop him there, finish the deed, and then go on to Florida. Uh, and it's in this time that the Dakota Johnson character, the nurse character, has caught up with him and is now kind of. Joined in in their pursuit. It's she's a little bit reluctant to actually buy in, and that's kind of a lot of the tension through the back half of the film is can can she buy into the magic that's happening between the two of them?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the you know the the wrestling camp stuff is happening. They you know it's a it's a magical time for Zach, but there's a lot going on there. I won't I won't spoil. Um, it's magical, but also not a magical time for Zach. Um, <laughs> As most endings. At, at this exact so, yeah. moment is Shia LaBeouf's past is, is kind of catching up with him. They're figuring out where he is. And they have a point here where I think the filmmakers had a choice. And I would love to talk to them about w- what the decision was here. They take one of these characters and they had a choice to send them in one direction or the other. Mm-hmm. The way they sent them... It's the feel good movie of the summer. I love it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's great. There was another choice here that I think would have grounded it and would have really it would have been really backed nuanced. up a lot yeah. of the themes, a lot of the tone, a lot of the seriousness that that you kind of forget about in this movie that's re- right. baked into right under the surface mm. here. I think they could have really enforced that with a decision with one of these characters
1: right at the end. They didn't go that way. Mm. And that's a beautiful, there, yeah. The, that's yeah, a beautiful there's... description because it's exactly how people feel. Back to that Ernest Hemingway quote about all modern American literature proceeded from one book, Huckleberry Finn. Mm. He has another little thing as a part of that quote, which is like except for the last third of the, <laughs> of, the, of, the of the book. Yeah, he, he last third. Yeah, like read it up until, and most people feel that way. So I completely forgot the ending of Huckleberry Finn or how any of it goes down. But like I said, how- I didn't bit- know there was any controversy about the ending until this, this <laughs> Well, there afternoon. is. You're going to find it out. <laughs> we dish out here. So like I said, those con men shucksters who sold Jim off to another family and then Huckleberry Finn's like, well, I got to get him back. So then he pretends to be the nephew of that family who's coming into town, who ends up being actually Tom Sawyer is the nephew. Mm-hmm. So now Tom and Huck are back together. Jim has been taken by this family who's going to be sold off to somewhere else or worse or back where he was. Yep. Huck's like, well, let's just steal the key and and set him loose because he's just, you know, locked up in this shed somewhere. We're going to set him loose and then he can go back on his way. Mm. And Tom Sawyer's coming up with this elaborate plan involving all of these things and injuring him and this and that and writing secret notes to people and just the classic romantic notion of the Tom Sawyer adventures. Yeah. Now he's back in the game coming up with. Huckleberry Finn goes along with it because, again, Tom Sawyer's smarter than he is, quote, knows what's going on, knows how to do stuff. Right. Right. It all falls awry. Tom Sawyer gets shot in the arm or leg or something on the way out. They catch everybody. They catch Jim. They catch him. It's revealed that Tom Sawyer knew what was going on in the sense that Miss Watson, who was Jim's owner, had died two months ago. Oh. And had put in her will that the second she died, Jim was going to be free. So there was no moral you know, weight on Tom Sawyer's conscience coming up with this plan. Cause he's like, even if it doesn't work out, Jim's still going to be free. So he was just doing it for fun, essentially. Oh, so now Jim is free from this kind of deus ex machina. Well, it was going to be fine anyway. So it's all fine. Right. He was free for two weeks. He just didn't know it. Yeah. Two months. Yeah. (laughs) Two months. yeah. 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 So that all worked out. Then Jim goes free. And then this is, like I said, where Huck Finn's like, well, I'm just going to go west because I don't understand any of this stuff. Right. And so people are like, well, that's a stupid end to the story of just like, well, everybody's fine and it's all fine and everything's fine. But the analysis of it in modern times nowadays is like Mark Twain was writing this in the Reconstruction era where things were not actually that fine after the Civil War. (laughs) Right. A lot of people thought things were civilized. It's like, cool, now everybody's free. Everything's fine and dandy. No, like there was still sharecropping that was still indentured. We elected there Barack was... Obama in 2008. We still yeah, <laughs> we without, it's like there's no Without racism was over then. <laughs> yeah, it's like just because you say the thing happens doesn't mean it happens. Right. And so a lot of people say that that is the Tom Sawyer's character and why it's interesting why people are like, oh yeah, the Tom Sawyer book. That's not really that good. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the point of that too,
0: mm-hmm. is making
1: fun of those stories. And then the fact that he comes in at the beginning and end of this story as the voice of reason in society mm. when actually it's all kind of not fixed, you know? Or yeah. it's like you know the right thing to do but you're creating these situations and silly circumstances under the guise of oh, this is how you save somebody. Right. It's like you you actually haven't like, done anything. No, Tom,
0: you, <laughs> you yeah. just
1: made it And also you're safe, you took no risk. You know what I mean? Huckleberry Finn is actually taking risks throughout and actually doing the right thing by staying with him and going back to, I mean, he could have just the whole time. He's like, oh, I shouldn't save Jim. I should be giving him up. He's, he's wrestling with this. Like, am I doing the right thing by having him here Mm -hmm. and going along with him and then chooses to go back to the family and try and get him out? Lo and behold, Tom Sawyer comes in and says, no, it's all fixed anyways. (laughs) And isn't that a reflection of that time and place in the 1880s? No, After we have supposedly. a simple answer for it. Yeah, gotta love looking for those simple answers. God. And the fact that, and just the fact that Huck Finn's like, "Well, what do I do? Do I?" Fi-? And this is where Toni Morrison is saying, like, "This is why right. potentially we need this because the only fatherly real character that appears to Huckleberry Finn is Jim." Yeah. So, however skewed and misrepresented Black people are in the Jim character, he's the only thing that makes sense to Huck. Yeah. And then Huck's answer to that is. Well, I guess I just have to go away. You know, I guess I just have to go west. And is that the American response to things? It's just fascinating. So barring in a story context. Well, I think the- it, it did become it, <laughs> only increasingly so after uh, the idea of go west. You know, it, yeah. it just kept go. I mean, look, mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> Yeah. And so like I said in in the context of the actual story and narrative, yeah. it yeah. seems like a cop out, but then again, isn't that the point? What is the intent? Right. It's not designed to be the feel good family movie of the summer. Right. It's supposed to make you question
0: and mm-hmm. what's what's really going on? It's not so simple. <laughs> you can't just like put a bow on something and say happy birthday. Like it's it, these problems take real work.
1: Yeah, I, I, if the story context bothers people where they're like, well, this isn't a proper representation of this. Like, I get what Mark Twain's trying to go through, but yeah. I want actually what this is about. There right. was a book that came out in 2005, which has really, really good reviews. It's called My Jim, mm. and it's from the perspective of Jim's family who are still slaves mm. because he's gone. Right? Oh. And it's like, what's happening with them and waiting for him and the true test of love? Because he escaped, remember at the beginning, his plan was, I'm going to become free and then I'm going to get them out. Right, And it's like it's, it's heartbreaking in a tragic novel, but it's very, very interesting to say, well, okay, well, if we don't want that perspective of Huckleberry Finn, what's the perspective of Jim's family? Right. And what does that mean to him? We know now we can recontextualize him as the hero and as the good guy who's trying to do the right thing. And what his family remembers him as. And is he going to come back? Or is he dead? Or what's happening with oh, wow. him?
0: That's interesting. Yeah.
1: Who did that? Nancy Rawls.
0: Nancy Rawls? It's called My Jim. Also, for the links this time around, there's a, a great six-minute featurette for Peanut Butter Falcon that kind of yeah. lays out the story about the genesis of it and that they've been pushing. It's really, really nice.
1: Yeah. And that is Huckleberry Finn and the Peanut Butter Falcon.
0: Alrighty. Well, that was great. I yeah. mean, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I really enjoyed the, the film. It's still in theaters right now. Catch it if you can. Uh, it'll be out on DVD come award season for sure. Yeah. Huckleberry
1: Finn is out forever.
0: Forever in all time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we have any, any special announcements this weekend, Taylor? or this week, Taylor? Just Instagram. Just the old Instagram, y'all. At Pod on Instagram. That's where you can get in touch with us, find out what's happening. Suggests Get sick
1: memes.
0: Yeah, come get in contact with us. Show us what, what you're excited for, what books are you into, what movies, TV shows, uh, any suggestions, any of that mm. stuff. Next week we have the horror mega book it here we go chapter yeah. two coming out we'll be hitting you with it also check out our indie bound links for um, huckleberry, huckleberry finn, finn. yeah wonderful. all right guys thank you so much